We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What up, my people? It is the Striking Gold Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Jones. It is not a victory Monday. We got so used to these. In 2019, it feels like an old school KJ podcast episode today. We're recapping a not so good loss to the Atlanta Falcons. 29-22 the final score. 49ers look lethargic. They looked a little burnt out to me from the craziness of the last couple weeks against Baltimore, against New Orleans. Kyle Shanahan said it was Atlanta Super Bowl. I think they truly took that to heart. Falcons really did want to win this game, and they did on the last play of the game, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. Um, It was a not good performance from the defense, but more so from the offense. The defense had excuses without Richard Sherman. They're banged up. They're bruised up. They weren't all that bad. They definitely were not great. They've definitely regressed from being number one in every stat like they are. It doesn't feel like they're the number one defense in the league. It doesn't feel like they're dominating teams anymore. This was an ugly, sloppy game, so the stats look like the defense did okay, and they were okay. It's the offense that's a little troubling. No Weston Richburg. You could really feel Grady Jarrett kind of took over in the middle. Vic Beasley had a sack on one of the first plays of the game by Joe Staley. Run game truly never really got going. They had the 21-play drive early on, the 49ers did, 
it just didn't feel like the run game was there today. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, every pass was forced to George Kittle. And it was fun early on. And then, you know, you had that one throw in the end zone that Kittle had to break up. Essentially, it was going to be an interception. A couple, like, third and sevens, they threw to Kittle way short of the sticks. Then Kittle himself, even though he was amazing, had the fumble late in the game. I think it was third and four. He could have gotten a first down. He accidentally fumbled the ball out of bounds. Now it's fourth and a long one, maybe a short two. Kyle opts to kick the field goal here. I actually agree with kicking the field goal. I think put it in the hands of your defense at this point. I was not confident in the offense to get a yard or two there. As confident as my boy Bonte Hill. A couple people really mad at Kyle for that. I'm not blaming this loss on him. The team just had no energy. So Kyle will blame that on himself. But overall, this is disappointing and it's annoying. But this isn't like a gut punch loss. This isn't going to change the season. As long as they beat the LA Rams, they're going to be in position here to beat the Seattle Seahawks in week 17. And that game's going to determine wild card or number one seed, which frankly, the NFL, and I've tweeted it before, they've got to consider changing this rule really because of this season. The 49ers should not be going on the road to Dallas or Philadelphia for the incredible season they've put together. There should be reseeding. If you win the division, you automatically make the playoffs. That doesn't mean you get a home game anymore. Carson Wentz, they almost lost to the Redskins. Dallas looked great yesterday. I would start mentally preparing yourself, 49ers fans, for going on the road in the playoffs. And it's going to be very annoying losing to Seattle Week 17, having to turn right around and play the wild card, potentially on a short week as well. If they get that Sunday night game, there's a chance it could be Saturday against Dallas or Philly. Ugh. Those two play each other this week. Such is life, such is circumstances. The Seahawks prevailed. The Saints, um, do they play? Why, do, why did I not see them? Are they playing tonight? And then the, the Packers did beat the Bears. So, I mean, the NFC, the class of the NFC is just incredible. You're going to have four teams that are going to be at least 11-5. and five. And then you're going to have the Vikings and you're going to have Dallas or Philly. Annoying. We're going to get more into this game and why it's troubling, but Striking Gold Podcast, 49ers, this was their worst game of the season. This is the one Monday you should be like, damn it. However, I think they can find their mojo and their magic week 17 against Seattle, but they need Richard Sherman back. I thought Mosley did get picked on. It is Julio Jones. It is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Jimmy Ward, that was not a pass interference late in the game. Draped his arm a little around his hip. Maybe he hooked him a little early. You don't call that a 40-yard penalty on the defense. If it's ticky-tacky. If it's in the end zone, you almost have to tackle someone. Julio Jones got... He's like an NBA player. He, he got the call there. He got the respect. Jimmy Ward, I knew would cost the 49ers a game this season. I don't think that P.I. was his fault. He got picked on late. Julio in the slot in the middle of the field. They found the matchups couple big plays need to be made. God, Atlanta didn't even play that well. That's what's frustrating. The 49ers played down to their competition. Very annoying loss. Nick Boza had a sack. Sheldon Day had a sack. The 49ers had that big turnover. Let's go to the game. So, I mean, first quarter is just so ugly. Shadows all across Levi's Stadium. There's drops. It's, it's ugly. The 49ers do string together a nice little drive. It's a 21-play drive. They, they score a touchdown early in the second quarter. 
Kittle was pancaking people and laughing like a maniac and was truly the star of the day. Yeah, Kittle finished with a career-high 13 catches, 134 yards, targeted 17 times. How does that happen in the football game? The next most targeted person, Debo, three, Kendrick, two, Emmanuel Sanders, four, Juszczyk, two. Jimmy G did not look himself and look a lot of times like no one was really open, so he just threw it to George Kittle. Was Jimmy G underprepared? Did he not like what he, he saw? Were other receivers not getting open? Haven't seen the film yet. Like, can't really say why Jimmy G didn't play well. Was it the rest of the offense? That's what Kyle said immediately afterwards. The O-line has taken a step back. Jimmy had to flee the pocket, move backwards, turn in circles a couple times. He's normally better under pressure. Emmanuel Sanders gave him nothing this game. Kendrick Bourne had one catch. He also had one that he dropped that wasn't a good throw. Jimmy G finished 22-34, 200 yards. He was only sacked one time. Pretty ugly game. This is not a game that you're going to remember probably, hopefully. But the 49ers, as long as they don't lose in the first round of the playoffs. But if they play like this against Philly or Dallas, they will lose. They have to play their good game. George Kittle frustrated in the locker room afterwards. A lot of the beat reporters said this is the most upset they've been. We haven't even brought up. We're 10 minutes into the podcast, and this team clinched a playoff spot first time since 2013. It doesn't feel that way. It was the same thing for the Jaguars last year. I think they clinched the AFC South when the 49ers crushed them. They were pissed after the game. That was two years ago, actually, 2017. Jeez, time is flying. Um, Yeah, so, you know, first quarter, ugly. Second quarter, Falcons respond right away. They just go to Julio every time. They move the football right down the field. They, they get the ball back. They should go up 10-7. They're dinking and dunking. Um, 49ers, right before the half, they move the football right down the field. A couple big plays to Kittle. I think Tevin Coleman had a really big run to get him past midfield. And they stalled out inside the goal line. And that was Jimmy G on third down. His pass almost intercepted. They're forced to kick the field goal there. So 10-10 at halftime. Open the third quarter. It's you know big Sheldon Day sack. There's some momentum. 49ers go up 13-10. Matt Breida had a fumble. That was not good. Fourth quarter is when things really get crazy. So, I mean, Matt Ryan should have thrown a pick right away to Fred Warner. DJ Reed bumped into him. That could have sw- you know, swung some momentum. Um, but then, uh, you know, a couple series later, Kenyon Barner botches the punt. And then it's Ross Dwelly stripping him, actually, and, and Kyle Juszczyk picking it up. So all the momentum flips to the 49ers way. Kyle Juszczyk, two plays later, scores a touchdown. It's 19-10, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The 49ers have no excuse losing this game at this point. They're up two possessions with eight minutes left. The Falcons, all game long, it was literally like five-yard pass here, three-yard pass there. Matt Ryan didn't do much. A lot of sideline throws. Matt Ryan finishes 25-39, 210 yards. 5.4 average completion. So, I mean, they were really, truly dinking and dunking. And they got helped out. Um, Mentioned it before, the Jimmy Ward pass interference. It's on my Twitter feed if you want to see the video. They really kind of glossed over it on the replay. So, I tried to get that up there quickly for everyone. It's You can call that, but to me, Julio still had position to make the catch. Jimmy Ward 
got his hand wrapped a little early, but not enough to call a 40-yard penalty. To me, you've got to really egregiously disrupt a receiver for making that catch if you're going to blow the whistle on a 40-yard flag. And that call led to a touchdown right away. Falcons back on the board, 19-17. Yeah, we forgot to say Robbie Gold missed that extra point for the 49ers. Um, Then they're back in business. The 49ers get the ball back. Forget exactly how much time's left. Debo takes a screen 35 yards down the field. Great play design. He was peeling off the backside. Kyle's so good at that design. And then what I mentioned earlier, 49ers moving the football. They're clearly in field goal range, third and four. George Kittle, nice little throw to him on the flat. He's making a move, and he fumbles the football out of bounds, and that's now fourth and one. Um, 49ers are up 19 to 17. There's less than a minute 30 left. At this point, I agree with Kyle. I'm trusting my defense more than my offense. And then you leave the Falcons a wide open window to basically kick a field goal and win. You make them get a touchdown. And I I actually think you're crazy if you think the 49ers should go for it there. Robbie Gold did just miss an extra point. So, I mean, if he missed that, then it would be on Robbie, not Kyle. The, the decision here I'm okay with. The execution on third down kind of sucks. I'd rather throw the ball past the sticks there if you are going to throw it. I get trying to you know keep the clock going too. So a lot at play. I don't think Kyle is at fault for the play calling late. I want to be clear about that. Baltimore definitely blamed him. I think he could have hit the, the gas pedal with the running back there and really – Try to run out the clock. Here, you're you're take you're taking the points. You've got to make Matt Ryan score a touchdown on you. They haven't really done it much without a pass interference call all day. So yeah, make him score a touchdown. And the Falcons do. They go right down the field. Um, they actually scored first on the op- Austin Hooper play. Uh ruled a no catch. And then, you know, very next play, last play of the game, Julio ball breaks the plane. They should have had every person on Julio. You let anyone else beat you. They were so close. Jimmy Ward was right there. But ultimately, the Falcons' game of inches, they won. 49ers left the door open. The pass interference call hurt. They deserved to lose. They did not play their best football. They played down to their competition. And it's an annoying loss. It's not anything I'm panicking over. You got the Rams here coming on a short week and they're quitting. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They're all booking their trips to Cabo. They're getting out of town. You better be able to take care of business Saturday at Levi Stadium. You lose there, you're in kind of a tailspin and you're going to be the wild card. Maybe you can upset Seattle. There's a lot of different tiebreakers here that I think are annoying to explain on a podcast. Go look up what the tiebreakers are. The 49ers have the best odds right now, second best odds to, to get the number one seed according to ESPN's football information. So, yeah, I'm not worried about the Rams. I'm not worried about the 49ers. I'm annoyed. I think they're going to bounce back out of this. I think they're going to have a good week of practice. Back-to-back home games is going to help. I truly think they were burnt out. And Jimmy G on offense forcing everything to Kittle was was gross. It's going to get called out in front of the entire team. They've got to get everyone more involved. They're going to have to figure this out. No sponsor today. We're going to take a quick break before we do that. I mean, just shout out bluewirepods.com. This podcasting network now has 75 different podcasts. 
We just added a Barcelona podcast, always cheating Premier League. We have really almost every team and every topic is starting to get covered, guys. So check us out. We're going to be adding some more NFL players to the roster in 2020. Big announcements coming. Um, And then, yeah, look out for some bonus content with Chris Biederman, Kyle Madsen, and myself. All right, we'll be right back. Yo, welcome back. Shout out to Rob Lauder. Shout out to Eric Crocker, the other two hosts on this feed. They're typically dropping a pod on Tuesday or Wednesday night for you to get their thoughts as well. Our audience has tripled this season. Shout out to all the new listeners. It's fun when the 49ers win football games. That's what we're normally talking about. If you're new, this is a loss. We're feeling a little negative about the 49ers, but overall positive about the season. However, um, I think it's really important right now to look at each position group on the roster. We do this at the beginning of the offseason. We do this like right after the draft, training camp, and now... You know, the playoffs are here. They've been starting since Green Bay, essentially. There's been jostling going on the last six weeks in the NFC for positioning. The 49ers currently the five seed as a wild card. Seattle with the one seed right now with the tiebreaker, with the head-to-head advantage. And, you know, the 49ers are going to be in the playoffs. They clinched their first berth since 2013. Where does this roster stand right now? Who's what position group's playing up, what position group's playing down. We should examine Jimmy even further. If you go back and watch the highlights from the game, of course, he made a couple good throws. The George Kittle stuff was inexcusable. I don't think it will happen again. I'm glad this lesson almost happened in the regular season. Had this not happened and things were going haywire in Philly or Dallas and Jimmy felt uncomfortable and just started throwing to Kittle every play, now he knows it's a way to lose a football game. He didn't allow himself to open up the offense. And again, haven't seen the All-22. We're not going to know exactly what has happened yet in him diagnosing. But I think it's a little disappointing the week after New Orleans, the week after he lit the world on fire, that they couldn't get things going offensively. I don't know if it's Kyle. Was Dan Quinn really on top of his shit? Was he doing some things differently? I can't diagnose that from just looking at the TV copy and watching the highlights again this morning. But... The passing game had more opportunities. Emmanuel Sanders, they could have found him more in space. Um, you know, the run game wasn't working. The 49ers needed their quarterback and coach to help them a little further. Um, I'm most disappointed in the offense about this loss. You know, a couple times, too, they, they were settling for field goals. This felt like the 49ers last year in 2017. It did not feel like the same football team on offense, which happens. It's a 16-game season. Relax. Take a deep breath. The doom and gloom stuff on Twitter is crazy. There's certain fans who are like, it's over. We're going to lose in the first round. Like They're preconditioned to really not believe in the football team. I still believe in this team. I think we put an episode on Friday, Veterans Minimum, new podcast on Blue Wire where I joined and we put that episode on the feed. I've believed in Jimmy G all along. Other people just hopped onto the bandwagon after the Saints. Guess what? He is going to stumble sometimes. You better hope it's not in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> and it, it very well could be. And you can't like ridicule him because the one thing the 49ers don't have for them going into the playoffs is experience. Kyle has been to the playoffs before. He's been to a Super Bowl before. Most other people outside of Tevin Coleman 
trying to think of anyone else. Richard Sherman, obviously. This is a young team. This is a very young team. Sometimes young teams rise to the occasion. A lot of the times they don't. And they will be playing a Philly team with a lot more experience. And you can say Dallas has more playoff experience probably the last couple of years than the 49ers, obviously. Um, so we talked QB. D-line, let's talk next. Let's bop all over the place. D-line to me, Bosa was there. Armstead and Buckner have cooled off a little bit from a pass rushing standpoint. The 49ers sacked Matt Ryan twice yesterday. D Ford being out, I didn't think it would be this big of an impact. Solomon Thomas is actually doing okay. He is not playing terribly, and he's getting quite a few snaps. We can re recap the snap count. I want to add that as a segment to the show. Um, we'll do that momentarily. But, yeah, I think D-line without DJ Jones, without D Ford, it was good to see Bosa get a sack. They were fine against the run. There was a couple big runs, but nothing too crazy. I'm okay with where this D-line is at. I'd like to see Buckner and Armstead really pick it up in the next two weeks. When they are impacting the game, there's a lot of three and outs. Remember the first Rams game, I think that third quarter, Jared Goff was miserable. They were chasing him around. 49ers match up really well against the Rams O-line. I would look for Armstead and Buckner to have a huge game Saturday if the 49ers win. I think that will be a factor why. Overall, D-line, you're happy about them. They're not where they were in the middle of the season. I think it's okay to say that. They're still a damn good unit. Let's keep it on D with the secondary. Mosley got picked on a little bit. I thought Witherspoon had a decent game. You didn't like hear him too much. You didn't see him too much. Matt Ryan only had 210 passing yards. I mean, think about this. The whole secondary is banged up. Richard Sherman, Tart. Those are two very key players. You have Marcel Harris filling in. He's getting a little bit better. I think he's a better run defender than you want him in coverage. Yeah, I mean, secondary, you're always concerned playing the Rams about the secondary. Looks like Richard Sherman will probably miss next week as well, too. And you're hopeful that he's back against Seattle. Again, I mean, Julio Jones was why the Falcons won. The 49ers didn't have an answer for him. I would have loved to see Richard Sherman against him. I think he he would have taken him away some. But I think Julio still would have gotten some yards there. He just is who he is. He's going to get open. And if, even if you're all over him, he's going to position his body to catch the ball. So not down on the secondary. Thank God Mosley has emerged. If not, this could have been a bad situation for the secondary this year. He's really been a find. I thought yesterday was probably his worst game. Maybe it was Jimmy G's worst game of the year and Mosley. And they still almost won the game, so you're, you're not feeling terrible. But um, you play like this. If Mosley plays like this against the Eagles or Cowboys in the first round, the 49ers might lose. And they have to be prepared for that. And then there's going to be people saying, we need to draft a corner. I don't think corner is as big of a need as I thought early in the season because of Mosley. But... Eyes on him to close the year. Richard Sherman not on the field. You felt it yesterday. You definitely felt it a little bit. Um, O-line. Not good. Ben Garland. I'm getting texts during the game about Joe Staley's performance from Mike in Brooklyn. From other loyal KJ listeners who are DMing me on Twitter. I love the banter we have. I love my mentions when I post something. The 49ers fans are super smart. And the O-line looks a little beat up a little like they got manhandled a little by the Falcons 
they got a tough matchup against the Rams, tough matchup against Seattle. There's not going to be an easy matchup the rest of the year for the O-line. They're not playing their best football right now is what's concerning. More concerning for the run game. I think Jimmy G is fine under pressure. I think he can limit sacks. I, I don't think this O-line is Swiss cheese there. If they're not able to run for 100 yards, this football team will struggle to win. They can still win, but it will be more of a struggle and like come down to the wire. If they can run for 150 yards on people, they typically win by comfortably. And so that's where the O-line is like the key to everything here. Lake and Tomlinson, Mike Person. It's a really like unheralded unit. Kyle always has done that. He's always found, you know, quote unquote mid-tier vets for typically his guard play are mid-tier vets that he's, you know, maximizing. No Wesson Richburg was huge. Um, it, it feels like something's missing on the O-line. I don't know if that's lining up use check more as a tight end, more as an H-back to get the run game going, but expect Kyle, Mike McDaniel, pop open the hood, look at the run game intensely this week. They have to worry about the Rams, but they better be game planning a little for Seattle as well. That's a really difficult balance because they have to win this game against the Rams too. Can't use all their bullets against the Rams either. They've, they've got to be setting up the next game. Kyle sets up from one play to the other. He also sets up one game to the next. You know, look at the Saints game. The 49ers did quick passing. They didn't do too much of that yesterday. They may need to get back to the quick passing they did against the Saints. I think of that first drive. They came out boom, 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 boom. That's where Emmanuel Sanders seems to thrive more than the play action. There's going to be a tough balance of which game plan to use for the 49ers. They have a couple different ones they can. They can do run heavy. They can do play action. They can do quick passing. A blend of the three sometimes doesn't work either. When you try and do everything as a play caller, sometimes you don't get in a rhythm. I'm not going to tell Kyle how to do his job. I'm just highlighting they have some interesting choices to make game planning wise for what they can do on offense. If they go into a game thinking they're going to run and they can't, like what is plan B immediately? How is everyone on the same page? These are things Kyle does. He'll make sure every, everyone's good to go. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm feeling okay about the O-line. Uh, their stock is trending down. On the stock market, you can get their stock a little cheaper than you could a month ago. I don't think they're going to bring in Daniel Brunskill or Justin Skule, but I'd watch for Joe Staley. Just keep an eye on him. I think he's still solid, but that sack against Beasley, he kind of recovered since then. But I mean, dude, it is tough. It is tough to come back from an injury midseason. And, you know, that'd be a really tough call for Kyle to have to bench someone. I don't think it's in, in the cards yet, but I would say watch for that because it's going to be a really hard matchup next week against the Rams. It always is. Um, okay. Receivers, yeah, I mean, they were quiet. They didn't do much in running backs. Raheem Mostert is the number one running back on the team. He's getting the most carries now. Brita had a fumble, which was super disappointing. Brita had four carries, 11 yards. Tevin Coleman, four for 40. Raheem, 14 carries, 54 yards. He's become the number one running back on the team. Heading into the offseason, he was the fourth running back. You had um, Jarek McKinnon over him. Absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm annoyed. Recapping, you're annoyed by this loss. It's not the end of the world. These things kind of happen. 
you hate that it was at home and it was just kind of like disappointing. It was like, ugh, they're better than this. They played down to their competition. Jimmy forced the ball to George Kittle. The run game was not really there. Even though, what, they ended up with over 100 yards, didn't they? They had 120 rushing. So, I mean, I don't know how they end up doing it. They got four yards per carry. It just, it didn't feel there. It really didn't. And that impacted the game. Um, Jimmy Ward got screwed on a pass interference call, but the Falcons picked on him. They targeted him with Julio. They moved Julio around. Mosley didn't have his best game. It is what it is right now. The 49ers are 11-3. and There's two games left. They have the Rams on Saturday. They win that. They play Seattle, and it is, it's it could set up whoever makes the Super Bowl. Really, like if the 49ers have a home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the first round by, they could make the Super Bowl. They they could as a wild card, but it's going to be the exact opposite challenge. They're they're gonna be on the road the entire time. Unless the other wild card team wins, unless Minnesota somehow wins. Yeah, I am little concerned if this team has to go on the road. I think they'll they'll beat Dallas or Philly, and they'll depend who they play in the second round. And you're going to say this was an amazing season anyway, but I'm going to say the window is open here, and the 49ers could theoretically make the Super Bowl if they beat Seattle next Sunday night. Oh, man. You talk about automatically flexed to Sunday night. Could they even think of anything else? I'm not even sure, but... That could determine who wins the Super Bowl week 17. I don't know if I've ever remembered anything like this. Like a showdown for the number one seed or the losers a wild card. How big are the stakes in that game? All right, I believe in this team. Thank you for listening to the 49ers podcast on Blue Wire Striking Gold. Listen to Candlestick Chronicles. Listen to Laker Film Room, Bronx Pinstripes. We're bringing you all the regional all-stars as well as some national content bluewirepods.com i'm kj thank you for listening we will talk to you again in the middle of the week we'll try and we're, trying, we're gonna try and put three episodes on this feed a week i'm gonna try and do a lot more appearances and we will use that as a third episode or perhaps even more interviews all right we'll talk to you soon peace Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.